Hello and welcome back to another episode of Girly Bits. This week we are going to be diving into a topic that I've never tried before, but I definitely think I wouldn't mind giving it a go. So this week's episode is all about solo travel. It's something I've never really thought about. However, I do have a few holidays left to take at the end of the year. And I always wonder, instead of staying at home and, you know, clearing out the, the dreaded room or reorganizing your wardrobe or something like that, would you ever think about taking a trip by yourself? I know anytime I've been on hen parties or even if I'm in a big group of ladies or women, um, we always kind of have a chat about, oh, well, you need to be in a relationship to go with somewhere or you need to have a buddy to go on a holiday. But what about traveling solo? Would you have the confidence? Would you know how to organize a holiday by yourself? What would it feel like to pack your bag, head to the airport, and go somewhere completely by yourself. It might only be a weekend. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be the best travel of your life. If this is something you've ever thought about, I thought it would be a good idea to have a chat to an expert. So without further ado, I am absolutely delighted to be inviting Melanie May. She is a travel journalist, um, an influencer. She also takes on so many different amazing adventures that you can catch on her social media. I'll make sure she gives us all of the details at the end of the chat. So I really hope you enjoy our conversation all about solo travel with Melanie May. great to be inviting Melanie May, a travel journalist. And of course, um, I suppose you are, you've got so many strings to your bow, but thank you so much for coming on to have a chat to me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Ah, brilliant to be chatting to you again. Absolutely. Now, one thing that I'm really intrigued about, I've never done it before, but if you're coming to your holidays from work or something like that, and I know it often happens to me that I might have two or three days of holidays left over, or maybe it's even in the summertime that you want to try and get away, but you're, you don't necessarily have maybe friends or family members who are off at the same time as you. Um, solo travel seems to come up a lot. It's not something I've ever done before. Um, but I know you do it quite often. And, and I thought it would be something really, really nice to have a chat about just in case you do want to get away and, and go by yourself. Is there where where should people begin if this is something that they'd like to do? Well, First of all, I think it's something everybody should do, whether they want or like to do it, you know, at all. It's a really, um, it's a really liberating experience. It's very, it's a great way of learning about yourself. It's a, ba- it's a great way of boosting your confidence as well, because when you go away by yourself, you really kind of understand how capable and, com- you know, basically capable you are. You may not feel too confident when you're walking around by yourself, but you're doing it, you know? So it really does give you that psychological and um, moral boost that uh, you maybe don't get so much when you're traveling with groups or traveling with other people. Um, Another reason that I really enjoy it is the fact that you actually immerse yourself so much more in the culture of a place when Mm -hmm. you're away because you're not too busy chatting away with whoever you're with. You know, you're walking around a bit more, you're looking up a bit more, you're taking things in a bit more. So it really is a great um, experience if you want to get a richer, deeper um, kind of, you know, travel or trip or holiday. 
Um, where you should start then is, let's just say you're quite nervous to go away by yourself. Yeah. Then, you know, start small. There's You don't have to do this big epic backpacking trip around somewhere. Yeah. Pick somewhere that, that's quite close so that if anything goes wrong, you're a short flight or ferry ride or even car ride away. You don't have to leave the country to do it. Um, and pick somewhere that's quite easy to travel. And what I mean by that is for Irish, for, for English speaking um, listeners, go somewhere that speaks the same language as you or that you're, you know, very confident in the language. Um, I actually don't speak another language other than English. So um, I, if I was to take my own advice, I would be very limited in the places that I could go. But I would maybe start off with a trip to um, the UK or uh, go somewhere where they speak really, really good English, like um, the Netherlands, yeah, for example. And I think that just what that does is that it just puts you at ease for your first trip away. Uh, you don't have to worry about the language barrier. So that's one thing that's ticked off your list there. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Because I think, you know, you, you might think, oh, this would be great to go for a bit of a trip. But we do think about the interrailing or the backpacking or, you know, um, I off, I, I saw somebody recently, I, I know I interviewed them um, on radio a couple of months back, but they had gone to Bali by themselves. And to me, that kind of sounds, oh, my gosh, what if, you know, uh, your flight got delayed and you had to try and organise something else? And I suppose all of those big tasks, they seem to be a lot easier to manage manage when you're with a group of people or another person rather than trying to deal with that by yourself from a safety point of view because I know that's the next thing people are going to think about is traveling by yourself now you would put a lot of confidence in me on in going anywhere by yourself because I know you do a lot of solo travel um, and you always seem to be safe I mean you come back in one piece which is always great but what kind of factors do you need to put in place if you are traveling by yourself um, and what safety measures, you know, because I suppose, you know, thinking about walking late at night, if you're in an area that you don't know, all of these kind of things. I mean, well, OK, so first of all, again, it, it comes down to research. You can go on Google and you can Google what are the safest countries in the world? What mm-hmm. are the safest countries in the world for women? What are the safest countries in the world for, you know, female solo travel? And you could work off the list like that. You know, some of them are, you know, safe for everybody. Like the Scandinavian countries are very safe. Um, there's, you know, you can, you can do it that way. But what I would put to you is, one, I think it's a mindset before you go. If you think something bad is going to happen to you, you're going to be nervous, you know, you're, and I'm not just talking about throwing, you know, you know, all, you know, taking risks or anything like that. But I think what happens to me is when I travel, my belief is that people are inherently good. Mm-hmm. And my experience is whenever anything bad has happened, people have always come to my rescue no matter what they have helped me they have reassured me there has been occasions when they haven't done that but the majority of times they have so that's what I base my experience off if you've never been mugged or robbed you've never been a victim of crime like that you know why are you thinking that you're it's going to happen to you on this one occasion when you've been by yourself if you walk home in your neighborhood by yourself it's the same as walking to, you know, in another place by yourself. And you were saying what about walking around, you know, kind of, you know, late at night in strange places. It's the same way that you would treat it at home. I'm not going to be walking around, 
Dublin City late at night down places that I don't know very yeah. well or if a street is there's no lights on it you're going to do the same when you're you know outdoors and you'll take those precautions I hope you know there's certain things that like maybe when you're traveling by yourself if you want to go out and have a drink have it in the early evening if you can so that you're not out so much late at night um, it that's just if you're worried about it you know I would also say have one have two drinks don't get drunk if you're a solo female traveler, you know, and you're walking around late at night because you're a target. But also you're a target in any city that you do, you know, whether you're with your friends or not, yeah. if you're out late at night drunk. So I think an awful lot of safety has to come to the mindset before you go. But there are obviously tips and tricks that you can do when you're away. So the really obvious thing is not to wear anything flashy. Mm-hmm. Don't be flashing loads of jewellery. Don't be flashing designer bags. Um, don't be flashing your expensive phone around, um, you know, and always, always have your wits about you. And what I mean by that is do not be distracted by your phone. Yeah. As soon as you take your phone out and you put your head down to look at your map or you're looking for a restaurant recommendation um, or you're even just checking Instagram, that's when your focus goes onto the phone and not on your surroundings. And that's when things happen. Another thing, another thing um, when mainly, you know, crime, pickpocketing, robbings happen is when you're moving from place to place. So it's as you step out of your hostel onto the street. It's as you're stepping off the bus. It's as you're getting onto public transport. So those little transition pieces when your mind is on other things is when pickpocketing and stuff like that will happen. So that's when you need to be really aware um, in terms of other safety, it's literally, it's just common sense. It's mm-hmm. the same thing that you practice when your mates are out. If you're getting a taxi home at night, if you're staying in a hostel, let the hostel know where you're going and what time you're going to be back at. If you're going on a hike, same thing. Let your hostel or your hotel know where you're going and what time you're going to be back at. It may sound really silly, but the hotels and the hostels, they know that this is what, you know, they travelers do. They want you to do it. It helps them keep track of you as well. So don't be afraid to do anything like that. That's such good tips as well. Um, because I like and a hundred percent. I mean, I've been to London. I don't know how many times at this stage, but any time I hear of people going to London and they're like, "What should we do?" and I'm like, "Yeah, you should definitely go and check out Piccadilly Circus and Trafalgar Square and all of those bright lights and you know all of those lovely places." But um, I've been with somebody when they got pickpocketed. Um, like I think we spoke about this a couple of years ago, but it was like a a, a hugger mugger where they pretend that they're having a a great time and they put their arm around you and, and next thing um, the person I was with their phone was gone so it's those kind of things where you have to be so vigilant but if I if I know that somebody is going to let's just say the likes of Piccadilly Circus in London I'm like please don't have your really expensive iPhone out in your hand taking um, you know like a selfie video unless you are aware of your surroundings because it's places like that where they're really built up they know there are going to be lots of tourists around that you know you're kind of a prime suspect to have something like that happen to you um, and just to kind of have your wits about you no more than you say you know like treat it as if you were at home or in your local city or that type of thing just to kind of you know be aware of, of your surroundings and if you've got your flashy bag or your flashy phone to kind of you know Know, keep them keep them close to you definitely um I know that people are going to wonder about budget because obviously if you're on a couple's holiday 
you're going to be buying, um, you know, like maybe dinners out, all of this kind of thing. When you are solo traveling, is there a difference in, you know, how much you might need to spend or what you might need to think of in terms of money? Um, so I guess for me, the main things that I would find a bit more expensive is if you book a hotel room because you yeah. don't have somebody to go halves on it with you. But I guess when you're um, by yourself, it's easier to get a bed in a hostel. Um, you know, you can ask for rooms if they have a, a single room. Some of them do. Now, usually the single rooms are in the back end of the building and they're smaller. But I really don't care where I sleep, to be honest, because I spend very little time inside my hotel room. Um, for other stuff, though, it's a lot easier. So, like, you can, if there's only one of you, it's so much easier to meet somebody in a hostel or a hotel that's driving and you can just hop in as a passenger with them. Oh, yeah. Um, way more easier to do that. Um, I, I Hitchhiking is really, really common in Latin America. It's very um, easy to do that when you're just there by yourself as well. Now, again, that goes back to safety. If you don't feel confident enough to do that, then don't do it. Um, I feel very confident when I'm hitchhiking. Um, again, it, it, I think it's just a mentality. It's just the psychology of nothing's going to happen to me. People are very nice. Um, but yeah, in terms of budget, mm, I don't know. I guess because I always do my travel by myself, I, I don't really notice it going going up too much. I guess when I'm by myself, I eat a little less. So yeah. maybe I'm not going to spend so much money on a big slap of meal because I'm not going to probably have a big slap of meal by myself. I certainly don't drink as much when I'm away by myself. So that cuts down on, on the um, money there as well. Um, so I, I actually think it kind of balances out a little bit for me. I would always find it. Now, when I travel, though, anyways, I do like to do it on more of a budget end. Mm -hmm. And none of the people that I've ever traveled with like to do things on a budget. So I'll always end up spending more money because they want the fancier hotel, the fancier buses. And they want to do a lot more activities than I do. So I guess in terms of budget, you're totally in charge of your own budget because you're not doing what other people want to do. You decide where your money goes and what you spend it on. But yeah, I guess the only thing I would find a bit more expensive would be the hotel rooms because you don't have somebody to have um, the price with you. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, in in terms of going for, you know, because the way I'm kind of seeing now is that everything in life is so much more expensive. And if you do get a chance to travel, I mean, like I was in London quite recently and had a really lovely time, you know, going to Legoland. But at the same time, you know, I made sure that I was like, OK, I'm going to buy like the meal deal, have it in my backpack because I know like I know food and everything at these places is really, really expensive. So bring a little bit of a picnic, all of that kind of stuff. So like I think if you do plan out your holiday, you can kind of budget in some areas and then if you do want to go to a theme park or if it's you know some sort of an activity that you really really want to go to um you know you can just you can just go and spend your money on that um i know a lot of people might ask as well about you know are there certain groups out there that if you wanted to let's just say like go to i don't know japan or somewhere like that are there certain groups online and stuff where you could actually go with a group as a single person or as a solo traveler to to go and do these have you any experience of these types of groups um no because that to me is not what i would be into in yeah. terms of traveling i've been solo traveling now for decades and um 
I'm just, it's just my preferred way to do it. To me, going with a group, even though I would be by myself, it wouldn't give me the solitude and the immersive experience into the other culture that I'm looking for for my trip. But I do know that quite a lot of influencers at the minute are running solo trips for, um, yeah, single as in there's only you. Um, and you go with a group of like-minded people that are all individuals and they, they're very good at making sure that you, it's only one person, that it's not like two people and it's not a couple. So it, you could have a partner at home that just can't get away and you decide to go onto one of these trips. Okay. And um, one of them I know of is Janet Newingham, who is, um, her handle on Instagram is journalist on the run. And she's been putting together some amazing trips to like Sri Lanka, India, Mexico, Colombia. She was doing uh, Iraq. Uh, she's doing Jordan. She does some incredible places. And she's very good at making sure that the group is cohesive, that there's not loads of friends going together. That And um, she's actually shown then how people that have gone on these groups have then joined up as travel buddies and make another group and go off by themselves on another oh. holiday a year later. So I think those are great ways to do it. And also because you can follow the influencers, obviously on social media, you can really have a look at the trips beforehand. You know, you can get a vibe, you can get a sense of the type of people that go on it, the age range, the mix of men and women, the um, the type of activities they do. And that will really help you make your decision. And I think those trips are a great way into solo travel. I think it's a fantastic way to get yourself out there if you are a little bit nervous or if you don't want to solo travel. Like, not everybody has to do it. I know I said at the start, I think everybody should do it. But if you really do not want to travel by yourself, find one of these trips. I'm pretty sure there's other, um, like, non-influencer travel groups as well, like um, Intrepid will probably do one. And I'm sure if you look on the travel department, they've probably got something there as well. Um, But the one that I know of the most is the one by Janet, who does Journalists on the Run. And then I know there's another one called Joined at the Hip Tours, and they Mm specialise in places in Africa. And I still think those trips are running so you might just want to, again, drop uh, onto Instagram, have a look, and then get yourself up onto the mailing list. Um, and, yeah, wait for the next trip to come out. That sounds really good. Because I know, you know, like, I, I've been on a lot of hen parties and you meet a lot of people and maybe they, quite a lot of the time, you know, the question goes to, are you seeing anybody? Are you single? Or what's the story? Or that kind of thing. And I've met so many women over the last number of years who were like, yeah, I'd love to go on a trip or I'd love to go somewhere, but I've nobody to go with. Um, And this is where you're kind of like, oh, you know, you really should just bite the bullet and go because you don't know how much you could be missing out on you know being able to experience new culture and meet new people and all of that kind of thing and anybody I've spoken to who has gone on a bit of a solo trip um, apart from you know having a chat to yourself because I know you're very very experienced at it but they say that even if you are staying in a hostel or even a hotel sometimes that you might bump into people who might actually want to go and visit this monastery or visit you know climb this mountain or this kind of thing that you might actually meet people that you can team up with and go and do these things while you're there 
Yeah, 100%. So like when I was in um, El Salvador, I'd gotten up really early because I was going to go and try. I think I was going to go to a waterfall and I came down for breakfast and I met an American lady there and she was like, I'm going to go hike um, the volcano. Do you want to come? And I was like, oh, no, there's no way I could hike a volcano. I'm really unfit. It's not my thing. She was like, don't be silly. She says, I have a rental car. Grab your gear. Come on, we go and we do it. And it was great. So she drove to the volcano and I went and actually climbed to the top of this volcano in El Salvador. And it's something I would never have done if I hadn't bumped into her. It was something I would never have done if I had just been there by myself. But there's that saying that when you travel by yourself, you might be alone, but you're never lonely because you will bump into people. Now, I'm quite good now at kind of going, that's great. You go and enjoy yourself. I'm going to go by myself. But equally, I'm also quite good at going, Okay, yeah, that's really good. Let me come with you and, you know, trying new things and stepping outside of my comfort zone. And I think that's the great thing about solo travel. You don't have to wait for anybody. You're on your own budget. You're on your own time. But if the opportunity becomes available, you know, to go and do something with other people, um, you can do that. And no matter how much I try to be by myself when I travel, (laughs) because sometimes I really just want to be alone. You always meet people. You'll meet people in cafes, in your hotel, in your hostel, on other activities. I was walking around a national park before in uh, Costa Rica and I just got chatting to um, a guy from Northern Ireland and he asked me then, his fiance was there as well, and then uh, they asked me if I wanted to go and grab uh, lunch with them afterwards. So you know you will meet people people love to talk to you when you're traveling especially when you're solo female travel and I don't mean the the creepy guys coming on and wanting to talk to you I'm talking about the men the women the children um you know the, the married mothers who have never done this themselves the older men who actually think you're so brave for doing it the hostel owners who want to show you their you know beautiful country and tell you all the best places to go um, you will, of course, like in everywhere, you know, get hit on. And that's great if you're open to it. How do you deal it, with that you know. when that happens and you're so far away? Because <laughs> I remember I was I was in Nice, but I was like I was with a group of people um, and it just so happened. It was a really nice evening and we were kind of sitting outside and I was at the edge of a table and this guy sat down beside me and he was like, oh, your hair is beautiful. And, you know, oh, you look lovely and all of this. And I was like, oh, um, you know, my my partner's inside is coming out now. But like it just because it hadn't happened in so long because I hadn't really been away. I was like I was nearly like stuck in my tracks going okay how do how do I deal with this because like usually if it did happen in Ireland you'd be in a nightclub or you know you'd be standing outside Supermax getting your cheeseburger at two o'clock in the morning you know so like when it happened in Nice I was like what what do I do or what do I say so it was only the other ladies that were kind of sitting close by me they were like oh are you okay um you know and he wanted to take my number but weirdly enough he wanted my Instagram handle um and I was like no 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 it's okay I'm very flattered thanks so much but like basically like go away I'm okay thanks but how do you deal with that when you're on your own when you're traveling yeah well um so I guess just two things one if you're interested (laughs) go for it why not you're on holiday and be safe take precautions do what you would usually do um but it's a great opportunity 
when you're away to just be free and enjoy that side of your life that maybe comes with a bit more restrictions or something when you're you know when you're back at home but if it's the unwanted attention which I have to admit um the most unwanted attention I nearly got before was in Italy out of all the places that I traveled to um and and I was just I've just learned to say no very firmly Mm -hmm. and I've also learned how to tell people to f off Mm -hmm. very loudly in the street if I have to and um, there are other things you can do, of course, if you don't want to make a scene or you're worried, you don't know how they're going to react. If it happens in a cafe like it did to you, um, just kind of stand up from the table and w- walk and sit yourself down on another table. Doesn't matter. People people get it. People understand. You don't have to explain yourself. You just sit down and just go, is it OK for one minute? And people be like, oh, yeah, no problem. I understand. Yeah. Get yourself up. Walk to the bar. Ask like you're asking the barman for a drink or the barista for a cake or something like that. Um, or, or just be assertive. Just be like, no, thank you. And please leave me alone. Please get away from my table. And um, I don't want to talk to you. And then if it's a situation where you really can't get on, you know, you it's just the stuff that you would say do in Dublin. Uh, walk to the nearest person, walk into a shop, grab yourself the nearest taxi, get in it and get away from there. Now, thankfully, it hasn't happened to me too often. Um, the the most thing that's kind of happened to me have been the gross catcalls, you know, especially yeah. in, um, I was in Ecuador and the the drivers, now this was a good 12 years ago or something. They're not, they weren't so used to tourists in that way. And the drivers were slowing down and going out their window with their children in the car. Like stuff like that is the most disturbing to me more than the guy coming up going, hey, baby, you're so pretty. Yeah, I have your number. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff is kind of like, oh, <laughs> really? No, get away from me. Um, it's the other stuff. Like when I was in uh, Florence and this really respectable looking older gentleman would not stop following me around the plaza. It kept kind of calling me under his breath and going, come for a coffee with me, come for a coffee with me. And actually that nearly got me more paranoid because of how out in the open it was. Yeah. And again, it was just me being really assertive and really loud in front of everybody telling him to stop, go away and leave me alone. And that is the more threatening stuff when they're just like they don't care. But once you draw attention to them, they're not used to women, I don't think, being that assertive. Um, but I guess when, you know, you see, you know, the TikTok lady of the attenzione, pickpocket, and you see how everyone turns, I've kind of taken that on as my mantra now. When anything like that happens, I just start talking really loudly, drawing attention to myself. And like I said at the very, very start, people are inherently good. No matter yeah. what, somebody will come over and help you. They'll either go, oh, hey, it's you. Or they'll walk you away. Or if they're a local, they'll speak in the local dialect and tell the person to go away. But on the other hand, there's some really hot guys out there when you're traveling and gals as well, whatever you're into. And why not have a bit of fun? Like solo travel doesn't have to be all this. Oh, my God, it's so scary. I need to go somewhere really safe. What's going to happen to me? It's actually really good fun. And it's very, very freeing. And you can go off and have the most memorable holiday romance you know with however many you you like nobody has to know because you're there by yourself 
Yeah. And I was going to say, is there a memorable experience? You don't have to tell us about a romantic one or anything, but even like, I suppose, an experience that you had going solo traveling, because hopefully by the end of this chat, somebody who has been, you know, maybe sitting at home thinking about going somewhere by themselves, but maybe were a little bit frightened or a little bit fearful or just a little bit apprehensive about it, that maybe having this chat and, you know, having a listen to how you got on might help them. Is there a memorable experience you could be like, I'm so, so, so glad I did that? I have hundreds, 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 but I'll tell you two. One, um, I gave up my job as a school teacher and packed my bags and went off by myself to work on the beach in France. And I met my bestest friend. She's still my best friend to this day. If I ha- And we ended up sharing a tent together. If I hadn't done it, she would not be in my life. And I cherish her so much. And number two, so one of the most memorable was I was driving around New Zealand in this rental car and I was sleeping in my car and I pulled up to this um, big kind of group of people. Um, I think they had like caravans, something like that. And I pulled up beside them and I said, hi, I rolled down my window. They walked over to me and I said, hi, would you mind if I parked here beside you um, tonight, you know, for a little bit of safety? And the guy came over and who was talking to me through the window had the full on Maori facial tattoos and everything like this. And um, and he said, um, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, why? And he said, well, usually people are terrified of us and call the police on us. They think we're the ones that are unsafe and are going to harm them. We don't have people usually, you know, wanting to be in our vicinity, yeah. basically. And I was like, oh, OK. So that night, They told me not to sleep in my car. They gave me dinner, a full-on traditional Maori dinner, uh, sitting around the camp songs, uh, singing camp songs, singing proper, like, traditional, um, yeah, songs, storytelling. And then they allowed me to sleep in this. It was a big, huge communal caravan. I didn't really know what was going on too much. Um, And it it was all separated by, like, um, men and women. So I was in with the women. They gave me a bed, a blanket. And the next morning, they gave me breakfast. And then the next morning, they asked me to be an honorary part of their tribe. And what had happened was it was a very sacred time in the Maori calendar. Um, I I can't, you put me on the spot, so I can't (laughs) remember the exact details of what it was. Yeah. But before sunrise, we walked down to this beach, which is a very sacred beach. I think it was maybe where either the spirits of the Maori people leave when they're dead or it's where the Maori first landed in New Zealand. And we did this sunrise ceremony. It was just, I, it was just incredible. Now, obviously, this was this before social media, which I'm so grateful for because I don't have many photographs of it because, yeah. you know, obviously I wasn't going to be taking a picture out when all of this was going on, but I wrote about it in my diary. And, um, and it was just the most memorable, magical, warming, affirmative experience that I've ever had. And I carry that with me. And I think that's why I enjoy solo traveling so much and why I have such positive experiences and memories of it because those memories really do outshine and outlast the bad memories now i do have the bad memories i've had i've been mugged i've had i've been scammed i've had stuff robbed on me but when i think back to that time on the beach me with all these maori tribal leaders lead uh, leaders um and how welcoming and how much they looked after me 
that just makes everything worth it. Oh, definitely. And like having an experience like that, you know, if you had sat at home and, you know, I'm not saying obviously everybody has to has to do their day job. But if you didn't take the chance and just go to experience something different, you wouldn't have those great stories to tell. Even if I had been with somebody else, I wouldn't have had those Mm -hmm. great stories to tell because I probably wouldn't. I don't know if anyone else would want to have slept in a tiny little car with me overnight in the middle of nowhere, (laughs) you know, in New Zealand. We'd probably be in a hotel. So it's just that. It's also that idea of when you're traveling, don't be afraid to talk to people. You know, that's what gives you these enriching experiences. And I easily could have just parked around the corner and not gone over to these people. But I did. I rolled down my window. I said, hey, can I have a little help here? Can I sleep beside you guys? And it it just made the most, yeah, incredible memories. Well, I think everybody's going to take away lots and lots of tips from this chat. Um, But Melanie, if people want to maybe check out, you know, some of your own social media, where you've been, maybe they want to reach out and ask you a question or two, um, where can we find you? I mean, the best one is Instagram and under there I'm underscore May Melanie. And I have a whole, I spent the whole of last year nearly uh, backpacking through Central America and Mexico by myself and all my highlights there, my reels and stories. And I do, I enjoy people DM, DMing me and asking me about uh, solo travel. So yeah, feel free to reach out and I will do my best to help you all. Oh, super. I can't wait to hear about your next tri- trip. And uh, thank you so much for having a chat to me. No problem. Great chatting to you again. Thank you so, so much again to Melanie for her wonderful tips and tricks all about solo travel. If you've been thinking about it and you just didn't know when to bite the bullet and go, now is your opportunity. And who knows, maybe my next trip, it might be a solo trip. I might get organising one. Who knows? Thanks again for tuning in. As always, if you want to reach out on social media, I'd love to hear from you. Louise Clark Radio on Instagram. You can email me at louiseclarkmedia at gmail.com. And of course, I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.